0: Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast. My name is Catherine, and today I'm going to talk about the Bible story from Genesis chapter 5 to chapter 6, verse 8. Chapter 5 is a fairly short chapter, and it recorded the genealogy from Adam to Noah. The Bible indicated that men and women were made in the likeness of God, reiterating from the previous chapter's assertion of men's likeness to God and how important that concept is. This line of Seth belongs to God, and this will lead the story to Noah. From genealogy, we can see that Adam lived to 930 years on earth, and had other sons and daughters, and he died. This is the longest lifespan we see in the Bible, and Adam almost lived thousand years. Wow, the rest of his offspring had lived long lives too, but the lifespan began to get shorter and shorter. An interesting character, Enoch, did not experience death. There were only two people in the Bible which did not experience death. One is Enoch here and the other is Elijah from the second kings and we can see it from chapter 2. Noah's father was also named Lamech but it's not the same Lamech from the line of Cain. This Lamech is Noah's father and Lamech's comment on Noah was recorded specifically here. He, Noah, will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands, caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. Of course, this comment foreshadows Noah's importance in the narrative and what role will Noah play in the continuation of the human race. In chapter 6, before going straight to the famous story of Noah and the Ark, another important detail was inserted here. I have looked up a few different references to this extra bit of information. I agree with the older interpretation of this narrative, um, aka the rabbinical tradition, and you'll see why. Here it says, When men began to increase on earth and daughters were born to them, the divine beings, or sons of gods, saw how beautiful the daughters of men were and took wives from among those that pleased them. Many question who were the sons of gods or the divine beings. Are they the sons of Seth? Are they angels? Or are they fallen angels from the devil? The rabbinic tradition attributes it to the last one, the fallen angels. From the translation, it makes the most sense to me. Um, And here's why. This narrative before the flood is really the reason why God decided to restart his creation. If it's the sons of Seth marrying the girls, there's nothing wrong with that. Men are supposed to marry women in order to procreate and to form families. This shouldn't trigger God's wrath. If it's the angels from God, there's no reason why the angels would disobey God's wish and take women as their wives. Although angels are supposed to be sexless, they can take on human forms to appear in front of people. Many instances were recorded in Genesis and many other places in the Bible. But like I said, it is very unlikely that the angels would deliberately disobey God. Now the only possibility left is fallen angels uh, from Satan's followers. Satan was the highest rank, rank, ranking angel from God and he disobeyed God, so he became the devil. Some angels followed him to be disobedient. The signs of gods are very likely to be these fallen angels. They can take on human forms and they are disobedient to God's commands. The wording itself gives the answer away as well. We believe from the Bible that there is only one God, there is no other gods. Many spirits which would claim to be God are really evil spirits from Satan. So to me, I think this interpretation is the most logical. Later in the chapter, it also mentioned the offspring were nephilims. Uh, nephilims means uh, giants or great men. Um, and it was later again used when Joshua was uh, trying to uh, attack another city, which was also full of nephilims. Um, and so it says here, man, these are men of renowned heroes of old. Uh, in this case, these are not really praising words. The men of renown really means they were proud and not humble. The union of human and evil spirits were truly irksome and creepy, even from our modern standards. Not to mention downright weird incon- and inconceivable. Now, because of this, what God said makes a lot more sense in verses five to eight, and it says, "The Lord saw how great was man's wickedness on earth." And how every plan devised by his mind was nothing but evil all the time. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was saddened. The Lord said, I will blot out from the earth the man whom I created, men together with beasts, creeping things, and birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Again, we see here there is one single hope in the midst of the tragedy. Noah had found favor in God's eyes because he was a righteous man. He walked with God, and as we can see here, Noah had found favor in God's eyes because, um, not because he was perfect, but because he was righteous. And the righteous was because he followed God. He walked with God in his age when there was evil everywhere. So in this narrative, I find the most prominent theme is We're not righteous by ourselves, but simply by following God and walking with him in our lives. That's the biggest blessing we can have as Christians and followers of God. Being proud and feeling that we're better than others and not Christian values, following God is. Okay, so this concludes this week's Bible story. Please read on to the famous flood story, Noah and the flood in the rest of chapter 6 and chapter 7. Thanks for listening. I'll um, meet up again with you guys next time. Have a good week. Bye.